invite you to turn to 1 Peter chapter 2. We'll be looking at verses 13 through 17 this morning. 1 Peter chapter 2, starting in verse 13. I'll read this and then we'll offer prayer. Submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether it be to the king as supreme, or unto governors as unto them that are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers, and for the praise of them that do well. For so is the will of God, that with well-doing you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. As free, and not using your liberty for a cloak of maliciousness, but as the servants of God. Honor all men, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. Father, we pray that you will indeed help us as we look at this word this morning. Father, and as we contemplate its truth, and as we try to ask the question, Father, what does this look like in my life? What do I need to learn from this? What are you trying, what are you teaching me this morning? Father, I pray that your spirit will be here. I pray that your spirit will give understanding. I pray that your spirit will enliven our hearts, our souls, and our wills. Father, to obedience to your word, to love for your word, to love for your plan in our lives. Father, we ask this for the glory of Jesus Christ. Amen. Title this message this morning, Submission to God, Your Life Under Authority. Submission to God, Your Life Under Authority. Today I want to start, though, by looking at the greatest example of submission that you will ever see. And it's found in the Gospel of Matthew In chapter 26, the greatest example of submission that Peter ever saw and that you and I see by eyes of faith as we read God's word is the submission of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ to become the sin bearer of the elect people of God and to give his life as a ransom under the weight of the wrath of Almighty God, the wrath of his Father. We see it in Matthew 26. They have had the communion, the institution of the Lord's Supper. Jesus has told Judas to go and do what he must do. He will betray him. He has gone to get the guards to come and to arrest Jesus. Jesus told the disciples that they would all be scattered. They would all flee from him this night. He told Peter that he would deny that he even knew him three times. And Peter did not want to accept that. But Jesus said that he had prayed for him that his faith would fail not. But in Matthew 26, starting in verse 36, it says, Then comes Jesus with them, Peter, James, And John, or the disciples, are gathered together in this place. Jesus came with them into a place called Gethsemane. 
and said unto his disciples, Sit ye here while I go and pray yonder. And he took with him Peter and James and John, who were the two sons of Zebedee, and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Then saith he unto them, Jesus unto Peter, James, and John, My soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry ye here and watch with me. And he went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, O my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. And he cometh unto the disciples and finds them asleep and says unto Peter, What? Could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away again the second time and prayed, saying, O my father, if this cup may not pass away from me, except I drink it, thy will be done. And he came and found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. And he left them and went away again and prayed the third time, saying the same words. We see in this, and Peter saw in this, even though he fully didn't see it right now, and he hadn't submitted his own heart and life completely to the Lordship of Christ, yet he would remember this when Jesus Christ had risen from the dead and ascended back into the Father. He would remember this great act of submission that he saw in the Garden of Gethsemane, that in Jesus' darkest moment, in Jesus' darkest hour, in the moment of his greatest grief, we see that he lovingly and humbly submits to the Father's will and the Father's plan. And that is the same calling that each one of us have if we are servants of God, is he has called us to submit our wills to his will. And that we pray that our wills will come under submission to his will. That our lives will come under submission to his will for our life. And Peter is going to go on and talk about in this letter about submission and what it looks like in the life of the believer. And last time we saw how that submission begins with a battle for the heart. And that if you're not seeking to submit your own heart to the Lord, if you're not seeking to submit your own personal desires and will to the Lord, then you're not going to have a true desire or a true delight to submit under the authority that he has placed in your life. If you are not submitting your heart to the Lord, then you're going to resist the authority. You're not going to submit or want to submit to his authority that the authority that he has placed in your life. So we must first be willing to submit our own hearts to Christ before we can ever submit to the authority he has ordained us to be under. So I just want to ask you that question again. How are you doing this morning with submitting your own heart, your own desires to the Lord? And remember what Peter encouraged you to do, that if you're struggling with this, he said you've got to fight You've got to abstain. You've got to put away those fleshly desires which are warring against your soul, causing you not to want to submit to his authority in your life. 
And so I want, to, I want to remind you and us to be remembered how Peter started this out. Before he got into dealing with submitting to authority, before he got into servants submitting to masters, before he gets into a wife submitting to her husband, he says, first of all, remember that you're dearly loved by your father and that his plan, his will is for your best. He loves you. His, his authority over you and his authority that he has placed over you, that it's under him, it is because he loves you. You're dearly beloved. Secondly, he reminds you that this world is not your home. The reason that you can be the best people on this planet in submitting to authority is because you realize that your life is temporary and you realize that you are of another world and that you have an eternal home that awaits for you in the heavens and that you can submit while you live here in this life to all authority because all this authority is just under God's authority and he has a plan in preparing you for an eternal home. Why wouldn't we lovingly submit to his plan for us here while we wait for our eternal home? So he, says, he reminds them, you're strangers and pilgrims. You're dearly loved, but you're strangers and pilgrims. Therefore, remember, there's a daily battle for your heart. There's a daily battle for your heart. Satan is battling. Your flesh is battling. The world and the world system and, and unbelievers, they're battling daily for you, your heart and my heart. Submit to them. Submit to us instead of submitting your heart to the Lord. So he said, we've got to abstain, we've got to fight, we've got to kill the flesh and the fleshly desires, which are warring against our soul. They're doing battle against our soul. Are we fighting back or are we giving in? Your soul is worth fighting for because your soul is infinitely valuable. The things in this world that are trying to draw you in and get you to submit to, they, they are of finite value. But your soul, Jesus says, what can you give in exchange for your soul? What can you value more than the soul? What if a man gained the whole world and lost his own soul? That's a terrible exchange. Because the soul is of infinite value. And the soul that is loved by Christ is of even more infinite value. So he reminds them, this is a battle for your heart, a battle for your soul, and that your soul is worth fighting for. And he says what this leads to is a life of honesty, right? Having your conversation or way of life honest before the Gentiles, before unbelievers, before the ungodly, so that when they look at your life and they see how you talk and they see how you walk, they see how you work, they see how you submit to authority, what are they going to do? They're going to say there's something different about that person. Why are they like that? And then you tell them it's because Christ is my king. It's because God is authority. He is sovereign over my life. And I'm submitting my life to him lovingly because he loves me. He's given me his son and therefore I'm willing I'm willing, he's made me willing to submit to him. And therefore, it says, even though they try to speak evil against you, they can't. They have to glorify God on your behalf. And so, living a life of submission to God, walking in honesty before unbelievers, gives God glory. It gives God the glory. It gives God the honor. It should never lead to our own glory, our own praise, but always lead to the glory of God.
And now, after Peter reminds them of these things and talks about how you must first submit your own heart to the Lord, he goes on now to talk about what does this look like in your life? What does this look like in your life? So Peter, through the Spirit, commands them, this is an imperative verb, submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake. So I'm not up here giving you a suggestion this morning. I'm not up here telling you that this will lead to more money, more wealth, more more prosperity in your life. I'm not, I'm not up here giving you a suggestion. I am commanding you by the word of God. God is speaking through his word, through his spirit to you. You need to submit yourself under the authority that God has placed in your life. That is a loving command, by the way, as we see. And so if you are submitting your own heart to the Lord, then you will see this worked out in your daily life as you are submitting to the authority that God has ordained in your life. So our proposition this morning is this. You will humbly submit to God-ordained authority in your life to please your heavenly Father and for the good of your fellow man. You will submit to God-ordained authority in your life to please your heavenly Father first and secondly for the good of your fellow man. God has ordained authority. The authority structure in this world and in your life for your good, for your safety, for your protection, for your provision, because that is what a loving father does, right? He gives commands of obedience because he loves his children And he really does what wants best for them. And what is best for them is that they stay in the protection of the family. And so we will humbly submit, lovingly submit, I should say, to God-ordained authority in our life to please our Heavenly Father and for the good of your fellow man. Because when you submit to God-ordained authority, not only do you please your Father which is in heaven as Christ did, but you will also be doing good, ultimate good, of your fellow man. It is when we don't submit to God that we end up doing the most wrong to our fellow man. And so we'll just have four points as we look at this text this morning on submitting to God under his authority, the authority that he has placed in our life. So number one, brothers and sisters, you will submit to God for his sake. For his sake. This is ultimately Peter's first giving a general instruction, a general command about submitting under the umbrella of the authority of God and under the civil authority and social authority that he has placed in your life. Then he's going to get more specific and go down even further and then he's going to get a little bit closer to home. In chapter 3. And then he's going to talk about how we submit to all. All one to another in chapter 5. 
we do submit to God's authority for the good of one another, and we do submit to, to God's authority for our own benefit. But ultimately and primarily, Peter says, through the inspiration of the Spirit, you will submit to God's ordained authority for the Lord's sake. Right? For His sake. Not because you agree with it. Not even because you like it. Not even because it's easy. In fact, it might be that you disagree with it, that it's painful, and that it's hard, and that you don't care anything for it. But because God has ordained the powers that be for your ultimate good, and these are under His authority, then you will submit to them for the Lord's sake. Even if it causes pain and suffering. And we must remember who Peter's writing to and where they're living and what's going on during this time. Remember, these are Christians, Jewish Christians, Gentile Christians living in a pagan culture under the authority of Rome, under the authority of Nero, Nero Caesar, who said of himself, and had it inscribed on the money. Caesar is Lord. You're to bow to Caesar. You're to bow to me. Now certainly they weren't to submit to that. They weren't to obey that. But they were to submit to the laws that they were living under. And this is Peter's encouragement to them. Is that as long as... These ordained authorities in your life are not causing you to disobey God or violate his law or violate your conscience. Then you should be willingly submitting to them because they are ordained by God in your life. So this word submit, as we said, this is an imperative command. It is an imperative command. You are called, you are required to submit to the Lord to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, for his sake, for his good, for his honor, because you respect God as God, as sovereign, as the creator of all power, as the one who owns all power, who is the sovereign of the universe, and therefore every authority that is in this world is under his God-ordained authority. It's an imperative command. And what the word means, it's a military word, and it means to rank under. To rank under. So you have ranks in the military. You have those that are at the top, and you have those that are in the bottom. And whatever your place is, you need to know your place. And you need to submit to your place. You need to bring yourself under submission to that place that you have been put in. And so what Peter is telling these Jewish Christians, these Gentile Christians, who have been scattered from their homes, who are being persecuted, who are being falsely accused, blamed for the fires in Rome, called all kind of evil names, he's telling them that you honor Christ, you honor God, when you lovingly submit to the best of your ability to these God-ordained authorities that you are under. As hard as that is, as painful as, it, as that is, 
as much as you will suffer persecution. They would suffer persecution in doing that as long as they are not causing you to disobey God or his commands. Bring yourself under their authority for the Lord's sake. And again, if we're going to be able to do this, if they were going to be able to do this, they first had to submit their own heart and life to God. And it reminds me of what James says in James chapter 4. We need this, brothers and sisters, if we're going to be able to do this. Because we struggle with pride. Two words that Americans don't like. Submit and surrender. And that probably has worked its way into your mind and into your life. You probably don't like those. But as Christians, we should love those two words. Submit to Christ and surrender to Christ. Because there's great freedom in that. But we need grace. Oh, we need grace to be able to do this. Because we're proud. And so James says in James 4 verse 6, after talking about the striving and this warring that's going on in ourselves and how it, how it works out in our life, those rebelling against authority, those, those causing anarchy, he says, but he gives more grace. Wherefore, he says, God resists the proud, but he gives, what? More grace to the humble. Those that submit themselves to him. He gives them more grace. And therefore, the command is, submit yourself, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be afflicted and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and let your joy to heaviness. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord and he shall lift you up. You see how submission is tied to humility. You're never really going to submit to the ordinances of man fully until you humble yourself. And say, it's not about me. It's not about what I want or don't want to do. I don't want to stop at that stop sign over there when I come down the road. A three-way stop sign. I don't want to stop at that stop sign. I think it's ridiculous that it's there. But I stop at it because God has placed a stop sign there. And the law says you need to stop at this stop sign for your good and for the good of other people. Now, if I'm, if I'm proud and just thinking about myself, I'll just cruise through that stop sign, just to be honest. But if I'm humble, and I'm, I'm wanting to please my Father which is in heaven, and I'm wanting to worship Him by submitting to Him, then I'll stop at that stop sign. That's just a small example, but there's many ordinances in our life which we have to do this in. But it takes humility to be able to do it, and it takes grace to be able to do it. But we will submit for the Lord's sake. And this is the same encouragement that Paul gave to the Christians in Rome. Who were, I think, even having to deal with this in a more fierce way, being right there in the center of it. But he says in Romans chapter 13, Let every soul be subject, be submitted to the higher powers. For there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. 
Whosoever therefore resists the power, the ordinances of man, resists the ordinance of God, and they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to the evil. Will you then not be afraid of the power? Do that which is good, and you shall have praise of the same. For he is the minister of God to you for good. But if you do that which is evil, be afraid, for he bears not the sword in vain, for he is the minister of God, a revenger to execute wrath upon them that do evil. So we have to be reminded that the authority that God has placed in our life, the government, whether big or small, you can break it down into a family, how children are to be submissive to their parents and to honor their father and mother. Whatever the authority, whatever the ordinance of man is, God is calling you to submit yourselves under his authority, ultimate authority that he has placed over your life. And when you resist and when you don't submit to these ordinances of man, you are not submitting to God. You're resisting him. And that's why it says for his sake. Because ultimately, our submission is is for the Lord. In another place, he talks about how we're to work. And he says, don't work as men pleasers. Don't work as those with eye service. But how are we to work? We're to work as God pleasers wanting to please him. So ultimately, our work and how we submit at our employment... At, at, at school and how we submit to our teachers. We are to do that not to please those that are over us, even though I think that that should be a good goal. We are doing it to please our Father, which is in heaven. And I think we'll be more willing to do it when that is our heart's desire. In Titus, in chapter 3, Paul would encourage Titus, to encourage those that he was ministering to in this same thing. We know that this is a theme in the scripture, submission to God's authority in your life. He says in chapter 3, verse 1, Put them in mind to be subject to principalities and powers to obey magistrates. To be ready to every good work. You might say, I'm on board with that. I want to obey our local government and their laws. I want to obey our national government and its laws. As long as they don't cause us to violate God's law or sin against God. I'm okay with that. But what about verse 2? To speak evil of no man. Boy, we are tempted when it's someone we don't agree with that's in power. Someone we don't like and the things that they're doing. It's so tempting to speak evil of them. But if we believe that God has ordained these people to be in office. And God has placed them for his glory and for his purpose. 
Whether they're honoring him or not in, in by what they're saying or what they're doing, he has allowed them to be in this position of power over us. He says, you are to respect them and you are to honor them and you are not to speak evil of them. You can disagree with them and you can let your disagreements be known. We live in a, um, we live in a society where we can debate, we can argue, we can vote people in office and we can vote people out of office. But we show true submission to God when we honor those he has placed in positions of power by not speaking evil of them. To be no brawlers but gentle, showing all meekness unto all men. So we do this for the Lord's sake. How are you doing with this when you think about submission to every ordinance of man in your life? How are you doing with this in doing it for the Lord's sake? And doing it because you realize that he has ordained this authority in your life for your good because he loves you and he cares for you. And the way that you submit is the way that you're submitting unto him. So you will submit for the Lord's sake. Number two, because of this, you will submit for your own sake. You will submit for your own sake. God has given us rulers. God has given us laws. God has given us authority structures. Because he knows this is what we need. Right? This is what holds a society together. It starts with the family. It starts with the church. It starts with communities. And it works its way out. Right? But God knows this is what we need. It's what sinful man needs because if left to ourselves with no structure, with no authority, with no laws, we just go crazy. And we see that around the world, don't we? We see it. We even see that there are those who are rebelling against good laws. Who, laws that are for their good, they're rebelling against them because they're prideful. But truly, if we care for the glory of God, we will submit ultimately for the Lord's sake, but also we will submit for our own sake. Because what does he say? Submit yourself to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether it be to king as supreme, we would call it president today in our country, or unto governors, as unto them that are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers. And for the praise of those that do well. You see, submitting to the Lord's authority and to every ordinance of man, if you're doing what's right, it will lead to praise. And for those who are doing wrong, it should lead to those being punished. And so when we submit for the Lord's sake to every ordinance of man. And when we rank ourselves under his authority. And submit to obey the laws of the land. It is for our good. And it is for the good of other people. When we disobey and when we rebel against God's ordained authority. We actually do harm to ourselves. And we do harm to our fellow man. And we see that's what's going on. In our country, that's what's going on in the world. Is we see those that are rebelling and not submitting to God's ordained authority. Therefore, they're bringing upon themselves 
harm, bringing upon themselves destruction and bringing upon harm to their fellow man. And if God doesn't have mercy, and if God doesn't cause repentance, and if these people don't seek repentance from the Lord, ultimately, for our good, he will cleanse the land. Because we can't have a society that doesn't submit to God-ordained authority. Everyone that you see in the history of mankind, every society that has risen up and rebelled against God-ordained authority, every society has collapsed. And America, as much as we love it and love being a part of it, if God doesn't grant repentance and we don't see a change in people being willing to submit to God-ordained authority, America will fall. But God will still be on the throne. Jesus Christ will still be on the throne. And the church will continue on. And God will have a great purpose in it if it does happen. So you don't have to fear. But you're to be an example of those that are obedient to the laws that God has placed in your life. The authorities that God has placed in your life. He says, for so is the will of God. You know, people struggle. What's the will of God for my life? What is God's plan for my life? I'll tell you one of the things that it is, is that you submit to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake. This is well-pleasing to God. It is his will that we submit to the authority that he has placed over us in our life. That's children to parents. That's students to teachers. That's employees to bosses. Citizens to their leaders. For so is the will of God that with well-doing you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. I tell you, there's there's no greater, worse example than a Christian who is not submitting to God ordained authority and the testimony that that gives to unbelievers. So you and I, we have a great opportunity to witness to those that don't know God, do not, do not understand this at all. We have a great opportunity to witness to them and give a testimony that will lead to putting to silence the ignorance of foolish men and women who don't know God and aren't trying to honor Him. So we will submit for the Lord's sake. We will submit for our own sake. Because God has ordained these things for our protection, for our good, for our provision, and even for our blessing. He says, if you do well, you'll receive praise. You'll receive blessing. Same way in a family. If you resist against the authority that God has placed over you and and given this power to your parents, which are for your good, for your well-being, for your provision, if you rebel against that, God has ordained it in such a way that when you do that, it's going to cause a whole lot of problems and issues in your life. But if you submit yourself lovingly to them as God's ordained authority over you, it doesn't mean everything's going to go well in your life, but there are blessings when you submit to the Lord in obeying those who have the rule over you. And there's a lot of scriptures that we could go to that support that. But thirdly, not only will you submit to him for his sake and submit for your own sake, 
But as we've said already, you will submit for others' sake. If you truly care about your fellow man, if you truly care about those that God has created in his image, if you truly care that God has allowed them to be on the same planet that you are on and that they have as just much right to be here as you have, and God has granted them the freedom that he has granted you, then you also will care for them and their own good. He says this in verse 16. As free, I tell you what, we are the most free people on this planet because Christ has set us free, free from condemnation, free from worry, free from doubt. He has freed us to be able to live a life of true service without the chains that are binding those that don't know him. He says, as free, but don't use your freedom, don't use your liberty for a cloak of maliciousness. That just means badness. It's really what it means. Maliciousness means evil. Don't use your freedom to do what's wrong. So many people think, well, Christ has made me free. I don't have to obey the laws of the land. I don't have to be submissive to government. I don't have to be submissive to my parents. You have been set free from the bondage of sin and now become a slave to Christ. And even though Paul says that he was a free man, yet, he says, I became the slave of all. I became the servant of all. Why? Because I truly care about them. I truly love them. As my fellow man. And therefore I'm bringing myself into submission to government authorities. Because this is for the good of my fellow man. Some people just have a me mentality. It's all about whether what they want or whether what they don't want. It's about what they like or they don't like. It's about their own preference. So if something comes against that, then they're going to resist it. Something comes against what, what's their preference. You're going to resist it. But the Holy Spirit is telling you today, and he's telling me today, it's not about our preference. It's not about what we like or don't like. It's not even about what temporarily makes us happy. It's about pleasing the Lord. And about doing what's best for his glory and his honor. And ultimately, if you understand it correctly, it's your greater joy. Your greater joy. You can do what you want and rebel against his God-ordained authority, and it might make you temporarily, ha temporarily happy, happy, like the prodigal son who left his father's home, took his inheritance, and wasted it in riotous living. He was happy for a little while, but then what happened? He ran out of money, he ran out of friends, and he had no one to care for him. He left the protection of his home. He had no protection, and he was just being used and abused by the world. He says, as free, not using your liberty for a cloak to do evil, but as the servants of God, you are God's servant to serve other people. And you serve other people by bringing your life under submission to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake. 
I hope you're with me. I hope you're understanding this. I hope you're seeing how important this is. This is a lesson that Peter had to learn. Remember, Peter was not willing to submit to the Father's plan that Jesus had to suffer and die on the cross. When Jesus told Peter and the other disciples, I have to go to Jerusalem and I will be arrested and I will be put on trial and I will be crucified. I will be put to death. Peter said, no. That will not happen. That was not his plan. He, he had kind of a different plan. One that actually would not submit to the civil authorities, but would actually rebel against the civil authorities and try to overtake the civil authorities. But Jesus has a different way. And Jesus has a different plan than what our flesh has. Are you submitting to that? As the servants of God, for the good of other people, are you submitting to the Lord for others' sake? Are you being like Paul and becoming all things to all men so that you might honor Christ? Are you even giving up some of your freedoms so that others might have freedom? Peter will go on to say later in chapter 5, verse 5, Likewise, you younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another. We're to submit to one another. I'm to rank myself under you here. Each and every one of you here. I'm submitted to you. Yea, all of you be subject one to another and be clothed with humility. That's what it takes. If you're going to say, I'm not better than anyone else. I'm not more important than anyone else. My way and, 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 and my plan trumps everyone else's. Children, if you say that, that what you want and your, and your plan trumps what your, your parents' plan or guidance is for you, you have stepped out of God's ordained authority. And you're not caring. You're not submitting one to another. You're not being subject to God himself who knows what is right and what is best for you. Ask him to give you humility because you're filled with pride. And if you ask for humility genuinely, God will give it to you. He'll give you grace that will make you humble. Humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of of God. That's what it is. What we're saying this morning is that God has all power in, in heaven and earth and he's in control over everything. The president, kings, governors, sheriffs, policemen, God is over it all. He has power over all of them. They are under his authority and therefore we are to bring ourselves under their authority as they are under the authority of God. Humble yourself Therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. So who do you want to please? This is, this is what it boils down to. 
And that's why I think he started out with, submit yourself to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake. Then he reminds them, this is the will of who? Of God. This is God's will. It's for his sake, and it's according to his will. What does this look like in your life, in my life? And it goes on further to clarify this in verse 17. He says that if we have submitted to the Lord, to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, he says, first of all, you will honor all. You'll respect every single person. So in a general sense, we honor all men and women Aged and young, single, married, so on and so forth. You should have respect unto every person because every person is made in the image of God and is under his authority. So honor all. I'm sure that that was difficult for them to hear. Honor Nero. Respect Nero. The one who is killing us, the one who is crucifying us, the one who is cutting our heads off, using them in horrible ways. Yes, respect the authority. Respect the Roman soldiers. Respect respect the tax collectors. So in a general sense, submit yourself to all. But in a more specific way, he says, love the brotherhood. This is why church and the local church is so important. Because this is how you submit to God. This is how you submit your life. You submit to the church. You bring yourself under submission to a body of believers. You bring your submission, yourself into submission to pastors who love you and who care for your soul and who want to feed you. And who are commanded to feed you as a shepherd feeds his sheep. Love the brotherhood. Love the family of God. I tell you, you you might not be able to love Nero. But you can love your brothers and sisters in Christ. Love the brotherhood. Submit one to another. How are you doing with that? How are you doing with submitting to the church? God's ordained authority for your for your spiritual condition. The way that we do that is we identify and we bring ourselves into covenant with a group of believers. And we say, I'm going to submit my life, my life, I'm going to submit it to Christ through this body of believers. If you haven't done that or you're not doing that, you need to. God has ordained this place for your good, for your provision, for your protection, for your growth. You need this. I need this. Love the brotherhood. Not just in word only, but also in deed and in truth. Fear God. I tell you what, if we don't fear God, if we don't respect Him, if we don't have reverence for Him, if we don't have awe and wonder of Him, as we saw Wednesday night, this God that has created the heavens, that is bigger than we can ever imagine. He holds all the universe in the palm of his hand. 
How could you not fear this awesome God? And what this fear leads to is that it is mixed with love and devotion and honor and respect that says, as I'm submitting to you, the God of all the universe, the Savior of my soul, I will willingly submit to the authority that you have ordained over my life. Fear God. And so he ends with, honor the king. Honor the king. Respect the king. Submit to the king as long as he doesn't cause you to disobey King Jesus. So you will submit for the glory of God and your greater joy. You have to come to the place where you realize that everything that God has ordained in your life is for your ultimate good and for your greater joy. And that resisting that will lead to discontentment. It will lead to, to worry. It will lead to depression. It will lead to angst. But when you are submitted to God's authority, when you are submitted to his will, and that he has ordained all these things for your good, then there is peace. There is joy. There is righteousness through the Holy Spirit. So are you struggling with submission in your life? In some area? You need to look to Jesus Christ. You need to look to him. You need to cry out to him. You need to ask him for humility. You need to ask him for grace. Is there something that you know that he is calling you to submit to that you are resisting? Say, humble me. Make me like you that says, not my will, but thine be done. Not my glory, your glory be done. What has he called you to do that he was not willing to do himself? Do it for his glory and honor. Look at Jesus on the cross. What he was willing to go through. What he endured. So that you could know him. So that you could have freedom. So that you could be able to submit to God. So that you could be able to give your life to God. So that you could take up your cross and follow him daily. As you look at Jesus on the cross, are you willing to surrender and to submit your life to him? I tell you, when you do, those of, those of you have, that have been brought to that place and have done that, and have been living that life, you know there is no greater joy, there is no greater peace, there is no greater contentment in your life than being under the hand of the Almighty God. Humble yourself before him, and he will exalt you in due time. Thank you for your kind attention this morning. May God bless you and keep you as my prayer.